Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Hear the word of God. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, so do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, I want to start off today by telling you a little story. And I, I'm telling this because I know my mom's watching on Facebook, okay? And this involves her. I almost put her through the windshield one time. It was the very first time I ever got behind the wheel of a car. Legally, of course, I did have my permit. And I, I never you know, went out in the field and tried to drive with my dad or anything like that. We, this was the very first time ever, okay? No driver's ed prior to this, just classroom stuff. First time, dirt road in North Kingsville, Ohio. Couldn't hurt anybody. The road wasn't very long. Could have gone in the ditch. Come up to a stop sign, and I remember stop even with the stop sign, right? We remember that from driver's ed. Stop even with the stop sign. What I didn't know is that maybe you should apply the brake a little bit before you get to the stop sign, okay? I slammed on the brake, trying to stop even with the stop sign, and my mom went forward. This was before seatbelts were required, okay? She went forward, and she, I don't know what she said to me, but I'm sure it wasn't nice. <laughs> Just kidding, mom. <laughs> but what, the reason I bring that up is, that was my first experience driving a car, okay? And I learned a great deal from that. What, after that, I slowed down a little bit, pumped the brakes a little bit. You know, I got better at stopping at stop signs until the one time I rolled through one and I didn't know there was a cop behind me. And paid 50 bucks for that one. Yeah, only 50 bucks. That was back in 1986. So anyway, we learn from our experiences, right? I learned to slow down and then come to a stop. And then you can even stop behind it and even scoot up and stop even with it, look both ways, and then you can go. You know how they always teach you in driver's ed. But had I not had that first experience, who knows what would have happened if I'd have been on a more busy highway, for example, driving for the first time. Yes, that's why my mom took me on this dirt road. I was begging her, come on, mom, let me drive, let me drive. She goes, I want your dad to be the first one. <laughs> he wanted, she wanted me to put him through the windshield, not her. So anyway, 
I'm telling you that because we all have experiences in our lives. We can all sit, sit here and we can all tell stories about things we've done, good or bad. And, and, you know, when we have a new experience, we like to share it with our friends. But without that experience, there's not a lot of growth. Some, everybody who has ever driven a car had to have the first time they ever drove a car. And they can probably talk about it. Maybe it's even worse than mine. Now, as I went on driving, it was, I had my license, and it was probably six months later. Now, my mom doesn't know this, so hopefully she's went into the kitchen or something and is not watching anymore. But there, in Ashtabula, Ohio, there's a, a lift bridge, okay? And lift bridge is a big heavy weight on the side, and it falls down, and then the bridge lifts up, and then boats can go back and forth underneath to go out to Lake Erie, okay? It's historic. It's like one of three left in the entire world that are operating. Um, but anyway, I was driving home one night, and boat's on the water. They're waiting for the bridge to go up, and I'm looking at my watch to see if I'm, am I going to make it, because it goes up and down every half hour. Wasn't paying attention. Caught, you know, the lights were bright, and they were, there was blue lights, and they were pretty, and I hear, Err. I'm like, what was that? I think I just hit the bridge. Didn't hit it hard. And I noticed that two weeks later, I had a small scrape on my car. And I, at first, I thought, oh, somebody hit me in a parking lot because I worked at Kmart at the time. No, it was I hit that bridge because I went back a couple days later, and I saw blue paint on the bridge, on the guardrail. So again, another experience I learned from that. What we read this morning, Jesus is telling his disciples and everybody who's listening, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, that you need experience in order to really trust God, okay? Do not worry. Now, how many times have we heard that? Is there anybody here who does not worry about anything? Okay, I don't see any hands up. So you're not liars either. It's a human trait, right? We worry. Should we worry? No. According to the word of God, don't worry. Don't worry about where your food's coming from. Don't worry about the clothing. And we can apply this to anything. But until we have that experience with God, we are going to worry, aren't we? And when we worry, why don't we ask God, can you give me an experience so I don't have to worry? I want to tell you why I don't worry about food, okay? Because there was a time I did. It was 1992. I, was, I just graduated from college, didn't have a job. I was living on my own. I, I guess I did have a job. I had a part-time job as a security guard, but making, I think, five fifty dollars an hour, and I worked 15 to 20 hours a week. Had enough to pay the rent, put gas in the car. Didn't have enough money to buy food. Okay? Mom, you can turn it off now. <laughs> I didn't have enough money to buy food. I had three roommates, though, and we kind of all shared food. We'd throw in money, and somebody would buy the groceries, and, but two of them left. They moved out. And one guy was so lazy that he just didn't buy food ever. So I go to the closet one day. There's just two of us left in this apartment. And I have a can of corn. This is the last thing I had. And I had a little packet of sauce, sauce from Taco Bell, mild sauce. So I thought, you know, I just had corn the other day because that was still a little bit I had left. One can of corn left and a little packet of taco sauce. And I ate it and I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do after this. I have no idea. And I heard God say to me, it was, I wasn't really hearing God real clearly back then. This was unusual for me, but I hear, do not worry. 
like, where did that come from? It was all in my head, you know, do not worry. I didn't know it was in the Bible then either, back then. I didn't read the Bible back then. But I know I heard, do not worry. Well, the next day, I go to work as a security guard, and I'm in this convention center, or Columbus Convention Center is what it was. And uh, it's not the one that's there now, that really long one on High Street. It was just a small little thing by the Hyatt Hotel in downtown, if you're familiar. Uh, but they had, Kroger had a food show there. And for three nights I was there, I would spend the night, like from midnight till about 6 a.m., I would stay in there and just basically make sure nobody broke in. And I had a radio in case somebody broke in, I could call the police, but I didn't have a gun or anything. So I was sure hoping nobody tried to break in. But so for three nights I sat there and then finally the last day I go there, the guy who's running the food show, he says, hey, we're not taking this with us. If you need anything, take it. I, are you kidding me? Oh boy, my pantry was full that day after that. But what an experience from God. Okay, and I wasn't walking closely with him back then, but he provided for me. I was worried about where my next meal was going to come from. Was I going to not put gas in the car? Was I, you know, something that would not pay the rent so I could eat? What was I going to do? And here, Kroger had this food show and provided a lot. I mean, it lasted several months. And by that time, I got a better job. I got a computer job, and I was making good money then. So God took care of me. You know, I was really glad to see that hymn we sang this morning, God Will Take Care of You, okay? Because it fits this message. He will take care of you. And then the choir sings, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. I thought, God, this is perfect. You're bringing it all together in this worship service. Because when we walk closer with God, we don't worry. Now, you might be saying, well, Phil, listen, you don't know my circumstance. No, I don't. I don't. But God does. You might say, Phil, you don't know what I've been through. No. But God does. That's the beauty of it. I don't need to know. None of us need to know. God knows. And he will take care of you. He will give you the experiences because experiences make us better. I have not hit another single bridge since that one night, and I have not put my mom through the stop sign, or through the windshield when I stopped at a stop sign. And not telling you, why are you looking at me? I didn't put you through the windshield. <laughs> we get better with experience, right? Now, nobody wants to have the experience of eating their last can of corn and wondering where your next meal is coming from. I'm not saying ask God to make that happen for you. But maybe it's not about food. Maybe it's not about clothing. What is going on? Is it a relationship issue? Is it a financial issue? Is it healing that you need? Is it a health issue? What is going on that has you worried today? I'm sure we all have something. And I'm not going to ask you what it is, because I don't need to know, because God knows. Whatever it is, just ask God. Use this experience, Lord, to teach me, to help me, to make me understand better how I can grow from this. How can I grow from this, Lord? What that's going to do is it's going to get you through the situation. And as we go on and as we get older, as we walk with God daily, just a closer walk with thee, we start to realize he's not far off in heaven. We start to realize he's right here. And then we start to realize he's right here in our hearts. 
He's right with us all the time. There's nothing that happens in this world without him knowing. Nothing. You can try to think of something. Well, what about that one time? No, nothing. Nothing in this world happens without him knowing. And think about if you have a child or if you have a, a close friend or a spouse, if they were in need, would you not do everything you could for them? Would you not? Absolutely you would. You absolutely would. That's what love is, and that's what God does for us because of his intense love for us. So incredible beyond anything we can ever comprehend. You know why? Because we often think of God like we do one another. If I've been hurt, I might feel like God's going to hurt me. If I've been if I've suffered a loss, we might think, well, God's going to let me suffer another loss. That's not how it works. We can't compare God to everyone else. But there was that time when I asked my friend, I just needed $5 and he wouldn't give it to me. Ask God. Now, God's not going to magically make $5 appear in your hands, but he'll find a way, Kroger Food Show, he'll find a way to get you what you need all the time. That's why he said, do not worry. Do not worry. But then he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If you seek God first, everything else will be added to you. That's a promise. And God has not broken a single promise ever. We break promises as human beings. God has never broken a promise. Now, it may seem like he has, because we often think, oh, I know what God's going to do in this situation. I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to have a million dollars, and it doesn't happen. That's not a promise of God. I'm sorry. I know we would all like it to be, but it's not a promise of God. But this is. If you seek him first, he'll make sure you're provided for You see the birds and the flowers? They aren't sentient beings like us. They don't think like us. But they have, you know, birds have feelings. Birds have needs to eat. Flowers have needs to be pollinated. God takes care of it. How much more is he going to take care of us who were created in his image? We are so special. We get to come and be with him every Sunday And every day of the week, he's going to take care of us, always. But ask God to build your experience, right? Experience, when you go to get a new job, they ask you, what kind of experience do you have? Why do they ask you that? They don't want to give you the experience. They want you to have it and then build upon your experience. Ask God to build your experience so that when the next trial comes, you'll be able to face it. I'm going to leave you with this, another personal testimony, because I think testimonies are important. And I know some of you already know this. I've said it before, but there's a lot of new faces in here may not know it. Um, But I really think testimonies are important because when someone gives a testimony, you can often relate. Something, it may not be exactly the same, like when Andrea told about her testimony over those couple of weeks. 
I could relate to that. I, I didn't go through the same thing, but I could relate to that. Because I have three children. And between my three children, there's been six surgeries with them. Six surgeries. My oldest daughter had one. My son had three. And my youngest daughter had two. And she had the most serious ones. She had open heart surgery. It all started with my son. Looked like he was cross-eyed a little bit after a couple months old. Go see the doctor. Doctor says he has this thing called strabismus. Strabismus basically means he's cross-eyed. Okay. The way his head was shaped, um, possibly something during birth happened. It was kind of, and I'm sorry, Brandon, it was kind of an odd shape, okay? <laughs> and it caused his eyes to not, they were not focusing properly. All they had to do was detach the muscles on either side of his eyes on the outside, detach them, move them back a little bit, that would pull his eyes in, boom, perfectly straight. 45 minute surgery, 45 minutes, that's it, okay? I was a nervous wreck. My son's going to die. What if, he, what if he's blind? Because they said he could go blind from it. If we, doctors got to tell you they can make mistakes. I was a nervous wreck for 45 minutes, okay? And then a couple months later, three months later, we got to do it again. This time we're doing the top and bottom muscles. And that wasn't the end. After I think another year, he had a third surgery on his eyes. He sees great now. Doesn't wear glasses anymore. God has corrected his vision. And he's a police officer. And you got to pass an eye test to get into the police department. So he's doing well. But that first surgery nearly destroyed me. The second one was a little easier. The third one, I'm like, I got this now. And it was actually the longest one. It was an hour and 15 minutes. But then my daughter's born. We go for a routine checkup. My youngest daughter. My oldest daughter, we thought she was fine. Go for a routine checkup. There's a heart murmur. Well, I'm just going to go get it checked out. We go to Ruby and get it checked out. And doctor says, you did pack a bag, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, well, you're not going home. She's having surgery tomorrow. We're like, what do you mean she's having surgery tomorrow? We just came for a checkup. He says, you aren't ready? And I said, no. He said, okay, go home, pack some bags, come back in a couple days. We'll schedule her in two days. She had, basically the way I can explain it is if you take a garden hose and you let the water flow out, if you kink it, the water just dribbles out. That's what her aorta was like. It had a big kink in her aorta. Now, there's three parts to your aorta. One that goes to your head, one that goes to your lower body, and one that goes to, like, your chest area. The one that goes to your lower body was the one that was kinked, okay? Could cause death. Typically, if this isn't found, the child doesn't live past two years old. Keep that in mind. Not past two years old. She's six months old. She had surgery, fixed, okay, everything's great. Six years old now. She's doing great. Doctor says, I still hear that murmur. I don't like it. You know, co-work looks okay. We'll go, we'll go get her checked out. They decide they want to do a um, heart cath. And they find that she's got, I can't remember the name of this. It's a congenital heart defect. And it's basically three, or, three out of four things wrong with you, or two out of four. She had three. Okay? Six and a half hour open heart surgery. That was grueling. Knowing it, when they took her away, that is something I never want to remember. The moment they take her away thinking, you may never see this child again. But God got her through it. But you know what? 
Had it not been for that first experience, I'd have been really worried with Julia and her six and a half hour surgery. But those three surgeries for Brandon and that one surgery for Julia, that was only about two hours, I think, prepared me for that six and a half hour surgery, open heart surgery. And she got through it and she's fine. Um, she, there's a lot of restrictions she has as a 20 year old now, but she got through it. But then it wasn't over. 15 years old, my oldest daughter goes for a routine physical exam so she can play high school golf, okay? Their blood pressure is not right in her left arm. We need to get that checked out. And I knew immediately what it was because that was the same thing they told us about my youngest daughter. The aorta is not pumping blood properly on the left side. Yep, she has the same thing that Julia had, that same birth defect. It's called a coarctation of the aorta, kink in the hose. But this time, this is the amazing thing. Remember how old you get? They typically die if not past two years old. They don't make it past two years old. She's 15. They did a cardiac MRI. She had so many arteries and veins growing. Like if the problem's here, they started here and they wrapped around and they connected. They were, her body was bypassing that problem on its own. They said it looked like spaghetti, just the arteries and veins going out from that part of her body. God took care of her. They said they had never seen anything like it. It's rare for someone to be that old and have this problem. They did a study on her at WVU because it was so unusual. She's perfectly fine. She unfortunately cannot have children naturally because of what the repair that they had to do because she was so much older. If she would push, it would cause it to possibly rupture. She's okay with that. She's doing fine. But that surgery, four or five hours, I was as calm as can be. I mean, I'd been through it five times already, right? God had built my experience. I was ready. Now, I don't want to see any of my kids go through surgery again or my wife or anybody, but God prepared me for that time. He built my experience. And that was even during a time when I didn't know him that well. So don't think for a moment that if you're sitting here saying, well, I don't know God that, that well, not like, not like him. He's a pastor for crying out loud. No, that has nothing to do with it. God loves us unconditionally. Even before we come to know him, before we walk with him closely, before we really follow him, he's still loving us, he's still caring for us, he's still taking care of, for, of us. We don't need to worry, ever about anything. Let him build your experience, and may you never have to go through what I went through with my kids, or what Andrea went through. I know many of us went through many different things. I could probably go around a room, and I know a lot of experiences that all of you have had. May we never have to go through it again. But if we do, see it as a way of God building your experience to make things better for you. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, to build our experience. And we know, Father, that when we ask this, that things could happen. But we still ask knowing that you care and love enough that you're going to see us through. That we can do this, Lord. We can get through because of who you are and because of the great love you have. So, Father, 
Build our experiences. Help us to not worry. And when we do worry, remind us of this message that we can then stop worrying and remember that you're just building experiences for us. We love you, Lord, and we ask you to do this for us. In Jesus' name, amen.